0: Hello everyone and welcome to PR Not BS with Fiona Scott. How are you today? I really hope you're having a lovely month. A peaceful, joyful and prosperous month. Joining me today is the wonderful Suzanne Baum from North London. Uh, I've not actually met Suzanne before, but she belongs to a Facebook group that I found very useful in my career. I've met some wonderful ladies there. So I'm going to let Suzanne introduce herself. Over to you, Suzanne.
1: Oh, thanks, Fiona. Thank you very much for having me on your wonderful podcast. I'm surprised we haven't met, actually, because we've both been in the same industry for, well, I was going to say forever. I've been in it for, gosh, 25 years. So my first ever job was um, editorial assistant on the Jewish Chronicle newspaper, which was actually a great starting point, because if you go in as an editorial assistant, The money is horrific, but I have to say, and I I recommend this to anyone that comes to me and asks me, how can I get into journalism? You learn on the job as an editorial assistant, you're thrown in at the deep end. You know, I was pretty much trained up there over a year, and then getting my first byline within the first few weeks of being there. And I I don't know if you find this, Fiona, but I felt like the minute you get a byline, your career kind of starts, because it just rolls from there. It's something to be proud of, your name's you know, out there being printed, um, and so I was at the Jewish Chronicle for probably, gosh, maybe five years. Um, and the highlight of that was I actually got my own column there. So I was—I had a column which was called Suzanne Baum Social Scene. So I used to go out and about, and you know, check out the local. Um, Clubs, the local bars and report back on where people should go. It was a bit like time out. Um, And I loved it. It was the best job ever. I still look back at it and think, God, I was so lucky. Um, And then I left and had my first child who's now 21. So, yeah, I left 21 years ago. Um, And then through having three kids, had pretty much been a freelance journalist and worked the whole way through bringing them up. Which has been amazing. Um, so I don't think Junior's around anymore, so I kind of went from there to Junior, which was big at the time, big magazine, um, a little bit like Mother and Baby, um, that's also shut down sadly, and kind of just started there and then eventually became freelance and have written for everyone. I am. Um...
0: I mean, when you were a kid, did you like writing? Was sort of English your thing? So when you stepped into journalism, you felt like it was right for you? Because I remember distinctly, I was about 13 years old, being in a little working class town I was brought up in, and I yeah. saw a television reporter reporting on a a bread and butter local story. And the minute I saw that guy, I remember thinking, that is what I want to do. Yeah.
1: Well... Actually, no. I I was never very academic. And even though I was sent to the best private school in the country, I pretty much failed in every subject. So I had a real lack of confidence. So I never thought I was really good at anything. I loved reading. I was like a bookworm. So I don't know if my love of words came from reading. Um, And I actually come from a very, very um, strong professional medical family. So, you know, my father's professor of surgery, all my Everyone went into medicine, um, but I just didn't, A, have a medical brain. And actually, I really, I had no common knowledge. But what I did like was human interest stories. So I think it just kind of, a bit like you said, it's a little bit being nosy, a little bit about, you know, finding the story behind someone. So I think I kind of really just stumbled upon it.
0: Um, Was it children that made you go freelance? What made you make that step?
1: I think I, or oh, I discovered that actually having this outlet, being able to put words onto paper, you know, now computer, um I loved. I kind of find it quite therapeutic. I think in the same way people have a passion for cooking, I have a passion for writing. So, when I had my son, obviously, you know, I gave up work because my husband's a lawyer. So we needed the income and as you know any freelance journalist will know you do not go into journalism for the money so for me as much as I wanted to go to work I even remember at the time thinking I would be losing money by paying a nanny to look after my son so that's really what happened you know when he slept I would write from home and it just worked I was able to be a working mum and it's always been that way and I actually think I've been lucky
0: But, Suzanne, being a writer, it's not just that, is it? The work just doesn't turn up out of the ether. You have to take for the work. You have to sell yourself. Give us some idea of how you approach that, you know, because actually you were quite young
1: when you were doing
0: those things.
1: Well, now, you know, I've done it for 25 years. I will, You know, people say, Suzanne, will you pitch stories? And I will never pitch anymore, not because I'm arrogant, far from it. I just feel like, you know, it takes everything out of you to pitch a story and 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 people say to me now you know editors don't respond you know young journalists say to me editors don't respond which is why now I always respond to anybody that pitches me even if it's a no because you know you feel worthless because you've got to come up with the idea you've got to come up with something topical you've got to send it to the right people and you know most of the time your emails get ignored so I found a niche And i think my niche was lifestyle journalism so you know although i've done hard news reporting i've done breaking news reporting i think finding my niche in lifestyle journalism you know really helped me um the pitching can be relentless um but i think once i got my name out there you know and you build up a good reputation it kind of snowballs from there which is why i say although i was lucky i was also fortunate i suppose I had a really good skill set and it worked for me.
0: I mean, I must admit now, even now where I'm sort of a a journalist working in Wiltshire only because there aren't enough hours in a day yeah Um, I'm running my own PR company even now people will come to me with story ideas and because when I worked in TV I was an investigative journalist yeah I look at their story and I think it's such a good story but nobody pays me to investigate that for two years to see if I can actually make it stand up so you always feel like very torn you know do you ever feel that Suzanne I feel very torn when I think there's potential in that but I'm not going to get paid to investigate it nobody pays me for that
1: I think that's what separates what you were doing as an investigative journalist as opposed to what I was doing as a lifestyle journalist because you know as a lifestyle journalist you don't have to do any investigation you know it kind of is whatever's topical on the day. So if there's, you know, a breaking report on how many calories are in X amount, it, you know, you just can do it on the day. So it's not as far from as time consuming as the that you were doing. It's topical, though, isn't it? I mean, to give us
0: just a snapshot. If if you're on a writing day, what do you do when you get up in the morning? How do you find the story you want to write about that day? Just give us some idea of how it works for you.
1: Well, what happens to me now is I'm very lucky because I am mainly a celebrity interviewer. So what's happened is, you know, I've worked on all the magazines, like so many magazines, done all the cover star interviews, you know, for everywhere, like Glamour, Grazia, all the Condé Nast titles. So what's happened now is, and this has taken time, the agents, the PRs, the celebrities themselves, and, you know, all the people that work with them, they know me. So, you know, I'm proud to say they actually come to me now. Give us a flavour of the celebrities that you've
0: interviewed recently.
1: So I did all the Olympians, so that wasn't so recent, but every gold winner at Tokyo, obviously it was locked it was COVID, was it COVID times? I can't remember. So whoever won Gold I interviews, which was actually interesting because of the time lag between here and Tokyo. So those are sort of happening in very late at night. So they were great. I love, love interviewing sports people and athletes. Um, I just think people like those types of, People are, have you know worked really hard to get to where they get to. So to me, they're real celebrities. Um, this weekend, I had a great weekend. I do a lot of live speaking and do lots of live celebrity interviews um, on stage, which is what I'm actually mainly passionate about. Um, so this weekend I interviewed Capri, Caprice the model um, on Saturday and then I did something with the Love Islanders yesterday. So that was really good um tomorrow night I'm with Trini um at an event so I'll be chatting to Trini so it's all sorts of that's the thing about lifestyle it covers not just makeup and beauty but sports and I do a lot of travel reporting so yeah the celebrity side's brilliant I am I have
0: to say I have to leap in there and say I love Trini's makeup for a more mature woman I yeah, it's really good. And I'm not a huge makeup person, but I actually yeah. I spent quite a lot of money
1: on her stuff. Yeah, it's great. I mean, she's she she's I mean, talking about PR, just going off track from what you just mm. asked me. Um, she has built up an amazing brand. And as a journalist writing about her, they have a great PR Um. A great PR group that's all around her and just pushes everything out and I think she's done really well not only because she's got a great PR team around her but because the product's good in itself yeah I think if you've got that core there you've got that good product or that good service and
0: you've got good PR around you um, yeah. that's a match made in heaven really yeah so tell me Suzanne um off the top of your head how important are you know PR people to you in what you do do you mean people I interview? Yeah, no. How
1: how important are PR professionals in your a life? PR? Yeah. Um, they are very, very important, I think, in all sorts of areas. For example, I do a lot of travel writing. So I'm going to Orlando at the end of this month. So I'm working with Visit Orlando that are a big PR team. And without them, I, you know, obviously I know about the attractions in Orlando myself, but off the beaten track they are a huge source of inspiration so you know they're telling me places i would never have heard of so that's one example i work with a lot of beauty prs um they're great um i mean look i've got a few pet hates and i'll tell you what they are and you'll probably agree i get millions and millions of pr emails you know weekly not millions obviously hundreds i cannot bear it when they're not addressed you know when they just say dear x or dear all i find that the personal touch is so important so if it opens up saying dear suzanne you know then it kind of makes you feel there is a connection there mm-hmm. the majority of prs do do that those that don't i just feel they should you know sometimes you feel make that bit of effort make that personal connection so it's not just a round robin email um the other thing i hate Sorry, you said how important they are to me. They're very important. I'm just telling you a few of my pet No, no. I think what you've just is... said,
0: though, that that first one of yeah.
1: D- dear X," yeah. or sometimes hello,
0: or something like that, none of us like that. Nobody who's no. in business likes to have some impersonal
1: thing where you know it's been bcc to a million other people. Yeah. And, and the majority do personally write something, which I think is wonderful, and especially when someone like me you know, I've been working with these people, you know, some of them are juniors, some of them are seniors. So it could be like a year or even 15 years, you know, people are still in the same job. So, you know, a dear Suzanne often is just lovely because we already know each other. The other thing I hate, probably more than that, is when I get cold calls. Um, and I don't even know where the PRs have got my phone number from. So I cannot bear being called out the blue. I know some people probably don't mind it, but I just feel I'm put on the spot. Often I'm thinking, oh my God, is it the school calling about my kids if it's withheld number? So I much prefer a personal email and, and most of the time that's how it is. So those are my two pet hates. Mm-hmm. Um, PRs in general, I mean, I think I work hand in hand brilliantly with them. Um, You know, sometimes it's very helpful for me if I want to interview a celebrity or I'm asked, you know, Suzanne, find an A-lister that we can put on the cover of, I don't know, like women's fitness, for example. Sometimes I don't know who's in the news. I don't know who's got a book out. I don't know who's topical or who's about to launch a new product. So the PRs, when they email and they say to me, we've got... I don't know, like maybe Tom Daly doing a new aftershave. Would you like to interview him? In my head, I'm thinking, you know, I do have someone. So that for me is just brilliant. Do you, um, Suzanne, ever deal with um, or
0: get, communication from small business owners or expert psychologists who want a bit of your glitter or anything like that how do you deal with things like that that are not obviously a link to a celebrity
1: um well again i do a lot well talking about psychologists for example i do do a lot i mean over the years i've had medical columns because obviously as i said to you i come from a medical family so i've often you know i do have a bit of medical knowledge so i you know my father's a breast cancer specialist so if there's ever anything on breast cancer in the news or even now hrt menopause um if psychologists or doctors or medics reach out to me not so much to get a part of my glitter but if they're offering you know quotes you know sometimes it can work sometimes i think actually you know what i need a quote from a medical expert and i'll keep you in mind so it, sometimes it's
0: very useful. When you say that, because a lot of journalists and a lot of uh, clients I've worked with, whether I'm training them, so they might only use an hour of my time, or yeah. I'm working with them more consistently, they might get something that says, I'll keep you in mind. Now, in my experience, I try and explain to them, for most journalists, that's a real thing. You've kind of gone into their contacts book an yeah. old-fashioned speak for the day when you're needed but often yeah. they see it as "Oh, they're not really interested they're just saying that to you know to keep me quiet to make me feel better explain yeah. what you really mean when you hear when you say
1: that Suzanne well for example I just out of the blue was asked to write about for the metro um something on the rising cases of hepatitis amongst kids so when I said to someone that had messaged me I think it was um I think it was a paediatrician, actually, just out of the blue. And, and, I, and so I Googled them and actually I thought, you know what I could really do with a pediatrician's input right now. So I'm so honest and I'm, like, I'm married to a lawyer. So, you know, I can't bullshit even if I wanted to bullshit <laughs> because he's always on at me. You've got to be honest You've got to be transparent. So in my case, I really mean it. So I rang up this paediatrician. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. I rang his secretary and I said to him, he reached out to me. And right now I'm doing a story on hepatitis and I need a quote from a paediatrician. So it worked and it was brilliant. I think what I'm hearing from you, Suzanne, is um, actually
0: you're helping me with the people I work with. It's about building relationships and playing the long game when it comes to getting to know journalists, understanding what things you're interested in and just reaching out and saying, I can talk about this, and then you wait for the moment when the Susans of this world need you?
1: I think I get millions of messages over months. People even, you know, they private message me on Instagram. I'll tell you what I don't like. I get a lot of private messages on Instagram saying, please, can you write about me? Or... know and it's like totally irrelevant because of course everybody wants publicity but i kind of feel like that's not how it works you know i can't just write about you because you've launched i don't know as an example someone has launched a new soap business and they said can i write about them and it doesn't work like that um if it was that easy you know getting free publicity but it just doesn't work like that so so when people message me and say can i write about them I kind of say, I mean, I do respond, but I do think it's a very strange way to reach out on Instagram and say, can you write about me? Unless it's like something, you know, which is like massive. But what I did do actually, which I loved doing was in lockdown when I realized how bloody difficult it was for small businesses, I pushed for my column, which I have quite a few columns just to do a focus on small businesses. Um, And that sort of thing worked brilliantly.
0: So, Suzanne, thank you so much. It's been brilliant to have you on the podcast. How can people reach out for you? Give us the ways you want to be contacted or where people can see your work.
1: So, Most of my work nowadays is on Instagram. So I've got um, Suzanne underscore BAUM, B-A-U-M for mother. So I put a lot of my work up there if you want to get a flavour of what I do. Um, um, And on email as well.
0: Brilliant. What's your email then, Suzanne?
1: So my email is BAM, which is S for sugar, U, E, B for butter, Y. So B and then my surname, Baum, B-A-U-M, at yahoo.co.uk. Um, and I'm very, very happy for people to reach out. And I always, always make an effort to get back to people.
0: Suzanne, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening into my podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it and you found it useful. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website on www.scottmedia.uk. Have a look at my power hours if you'd like to book a little bit of time with me just to find out a bit more about me and any advice and training I can give you. Also, you might want to pop along to Facebook and join my free PR tribe. It's called Fiona Scott's PR Tribe. You apply to join. Say you've listened to a podcast and myself and one of my team will let you join the group. In there, I offer lots of hints and tips. I do sell myself, as you might expect, but I share loads of content and advice for free. So thank you again for listening and speak to you next time.